Hello and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Jacob Sheckman and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. All right, and today uh, we have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Jack Alcantara. Actually, I think it might be doctor based on the degrees you have, but regardless, we'll get that cleared up. Thank you for being here today, Jack. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. All right, and Jack is here to talk to us about his position as the Chief Investigator with the Santa Cruz County Public Defender's Office. Now, wow, what a, what a mouthful that is. Again, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I guess, can you tell us what, what does it mean to, to have that title and what are your roles there? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. So the Chief Investigator, I mean, responsible for the investigations team of the Public Defender's Office. So our office uh, has about 35 attorneys, and um, whenever an individual is accused of a crime, they are appointed an attorney from our office. So one of our attorneys will be appointed to represent this individual, and then that attorney will put in usually an investigation request to be done on this case for this particular person. Uh, I have a team of seven uh, individuals, investigators working under, under me, uh, and now also interns as well from UCSC students that also work with us. So we receive all the cases and I assign the cases out to the individual investigators to work on them. We work on anything from a murder case, which is starting the highest type of case we usually get, to maybe a domestic violence, um, bank robberies, assaults, um, lower misdemeanor level cases, as well as felonies. So misdemeanor cases could be a domestic violence as well, maybe a DUI, driving under the influence of alcohol or a petty theft, maybe they stole something from Target, maybe a fight happened. So it could be anything in between and we do the investigation, which means the investigators assigned to it would go out to interview the victims on the case or the witnesses who might've seen the incident or the fight. Um, We also take measurements sometimes and uh, photographs and we might have to testify in trial or in court about those. Um, we gather a lot of records. So we do a lot of gathering of in records from medical records, from Dominican Hospital, to rent mental health records, to school records, any kind of records that the attorney needs to get more information about the case or the individual. So we, we do a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's I'm just going to say, totally extensive. There's a ton of stuff that you guys have to cover. Um, now, I want to talk about how, a little bit about your background and how you got to be you know, how do you how do you prepare for such a job like this? I mean, you, you mentioned you have a law degree. I'm curious, how, how long did it take you to get there and, and to even get your sure. private investigator's life license? And how do you how do you go about these processes? Sure. Um, you know, I I went to I'm an undergraduate from San Diego State University. So I have a, a bachelor's degree in um, political science and English, so double major. And then I, I actually traveled to Europe for about a year and studied there abroad in Madrid and Spain before coming back and starting law school in San Francisco. And I ended up finishing law school at Monterey College of Law. I got my law degree there and um, I finished and got my degree and I'm in the process of actually trying to finish passing the bar exam. 
So in the meantime, I started working with the public defender's office. Um, I started as an interpreter. So I speak Spanish and English and bilingual. And actually, I also speak French, but I mostly just use my Spanish skills. <laughs> and uh, then I um, got hired as a full-time investigator with them. All you need really is to have an, uh, a bachelor's degree to be hired by the public defender's office. It can be in any kind of degree that you have, um, but as long as you have good writing skills and you have your degree. And then from there on, um, I've been now at the public defender's office for about 15 years, and I've been the chief investigator for the last, I believe, three years. So um, kind of moved my way up um, and it's been an incredible experience working with uh, talented individuals on my team. Um, and I just, I like it, I love it. Yeah, tell us more about the, the environment that you're in regarding the teamwork. We're curious when you have, I guess from your position, what are your interactions with your team like? What are you, are you having them, how are you guiding them? Okay, and I actually, I forgot something too. The private investigator's license, you can get the PI license once you've been working as an investigator for about three years of experience and hours you have to commit. After you do that, you do take a state exam in state of California up in San Jose, and it's a sort of a multiple choice question. And if you pass that, you get your license as a private investigator. So we, several individuals on my team have them after they've completed their three years, and it just gives us you know, more credibility when we hit that stand and we testify. So that was just a bit about that. But the team part of it um, is amazing. Everybody has a lot, you know, some great strengths. So we have some Spanish speaking investigators. So when a case comes in that regards, that needs some Spanish speaking witnesses to be interviewed, then in a Spanish speaker investigator get assigned to it. We actually have um, more females as investigators than we do have males. So it's myself and another male investigator. And then we have uh, five uh, female investigators. Is this unique so, to your team? No, I think it, we found that it, um, across the board in California, when we go to these defense investigator conferences, um, the majority of investigators are women now in this field, which I don't think used to be the case. But I think um, women might be able to get the scoop better sometimes than, than men can. You know, I think they can get in there and ask those tough questions or people will spill the beans to, um, you know, maybe a, a woman easier. Who knows? Awesome. Interesting to see how that's turned around. Now, um, let's talk about how how has, you know, the world is is different today. And so yeah. everyone's lives are, are different, especially in how their their work is involved. How has the the effects of our, our environment right now affected how you're able to to do your job and, and go about day to day? Sure. Well, um, since the pandemic occurred in the shelter in place, all of the investigators uh, have been able to work from home. So they're all we're all working remotely. Attorneys are still having to come in to court and, and still work on the cases, but I still get the information and handed out to the investigations team and they're still working on their cases. The only difficult part has been sometimes when we try, we're not able to yet go out and do in-person interviews. So a lot of these interviews that are taking place right now are over the phone. Um, sometimes we can do Zoom interviews or FaceTime interviews with somebody. Um, and we're barely starting now to get back to heading back into work and trying to figure out the social distancing in a closed environment that we have back in investigations. Um, but we're starting to to go back out and slowly um, try to start interviewing people in person, which is the, the way that we've usually done things. Awesome. Now, how, what would you say are some of the the more important skills that that you think you have that make you capable of doing this job well? Sure. 
Um, I think a good investigator um, has some skills, good listening skills, the ability to listen to someone and to get that information from someone. You also, I think, need some good people skills, the ability to be able to talk to any individual, no matter their race, their age, their ethnicity, um, you know, their social background. Um, I sometimes speak to kids who are seven, eight years old, to teenagers, to you know, middle-aged individuals, to senior citizens. So it doesn't matter. Um, the ability to connect with people is, is huge. I think you also have to have, I think, a compassionate heart to do the work that we do. We have a lot of difficult cases and uh, some of the, the cases that we're talking about and some of the things that happen to people can be very emotional for people sometimes. And so I think to, to be able to have some compassion, some empathy for people, um, I think that is, is important. And then I think the last thing I would say is um, have some, some, I call my investigative skills, like uh, be able to ask the tough questions. Um, I'm sure you do this all the time. Sometimes, you know, asking the tough questions can be can be hard to do, but you got to do it. Um, and there's got to use some tact in how you do it. Um, and I think that I can't train anybody sometimes. Either people have it or they don't have that skill. Um, but I think people can develop it if they have a little bit of it. And to ask those follow-up questions. What happened next? Tell me what you did. How did you feel? You know, what did you see? What did you think? So being able to ask the next question as the person is telling you their story and to be able to, to follow up with that. Yeah, absolutely. It can be incredibly uncomfortable sometimes. But how, <laughs> how do you think you developed that, that skill? I, you mentioned that uh, sometimes it's hard to teach, but if you have it, you can work on it. So you must absolutely. have had it, right? You must have had it somewhere there. How did you, how did you build on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the way I think with over the years, I've gotten more comfortable connecting with people, you get more comfortable asking the questions. And th that comes in part with being a good listener. If you're listening to what they're saying, um, and you're able to ask the next question, you know, then if they said, well, I was standing here when I saw, you know, um, the car accident. Okay, well, how far away were you think you were, you know, and, and were there any trees in your way? Do you wear glasses or contacts? Was there, did anything come in the way between you and seeing what, what was going on there when the accident happened? So it's sort of um, just kind of thinking a, a step ahead of the next person with, as you're saying something so that you can ask them the next question. I think you can develop those, um, those types of skills. If by continuing to talk to people, asking those tough questions and, and just connecting with, with individuals. Do you, can you describe, do you have a favorite part? Is there something that, about this job that you're like, man, I can't wait to go do this one thing. I, or maybe it's several things. <laughs> maybe it's interacting with your team. What's, what's right. something about your job that, that just pumps you up, that keeps you going? Man, I will tell you that um, there is never a day in the life that we work in here that is the same. Every day is a different day. You just never know what you're going to get, you know, and I tell the interns this when they come on board, like, what's a typical day? Like, you can start off your morning by maybe doing an interview with somebody on a bank robbery case. Then you're, you know, going to, do, to deliver subpoenas, which is subpoenas of a document to make maybe law enforcement come to court or a witness come to court. Maybe I'm serving some subpoenas, you know, in Scotts Valley and coming back to Watsonville to do another interview on 
a domestic violence case that happened. So every day is just so different um, and you never know what you're gonna get. So that's the exciting part for me is like, I don't know what I'm gonna get today. You know, maybe I'm gonna be talking in meetings with the attorneys or discussing the cases with interns or writing a report to get that to the attorney or going to court to hear somebody testify on a case that I did interviews with. So it's just, it's all very exciting because you never know what you're gonna get. And you're not sitting at the desk, you know, chained to eight, you know, for eight hours, like you're out and about, you're moving, you're coming, you're going, you're driving your car, you're, maybe I'm down taking measurements down the hill and I find a, a you know, a, a shoe or a cell phone that was part of the evidence in the case, you know, it's so it's like, it's really interesting investigating these cases. Yeah, that's wild. It's, I'm, it's wild that as you're talking, I'm still kind of putting together this, this whole picture of everything, everything that you do, right? You, you talked about how you might be interviewing someone who's going to be testifying. And previously, before this interview, I thought, okay, that's the lawyer's job. And then you talked about how down the, down the street, you might find an evident piece of evidence that's a shoe. And it's like, okay, well, man, who, who does that? So you're, <laughs> you're all over, right? And that's, that's, that's awesome. And that's incredible. And you've mentioned these, these interns that you have in the internship program. Are, yeah. is, are the interns training to eventually fill the exact type of role that, that you're doing now? Exactly. They are intern investigators. So, okay. um, yeah, they work with us. I select them and they're six months. They're the internship and they give me 16 hours a week. And like I said, I give them misdemeanor cases to work on. We're the only public defender's office in California that I know of that gives interns their own caseload, which is really unique um, because they get to work on all these cases and interview these witnesses and write those reports that get seen by our attorneys, maybe by the, the district attorney, and maybe even judges will read the reports. Um, and they help to you know, resolve the matters most, most of the time, unless it's going to go to trial, in which case then those come in that come into play even more. But yeah, the, the interns will get you know training from me, and it's sort of on-the-job training as the cases go. And I distribute the cases to them. They're the ones serving subpoenas. They're the one out there getting the interviews. Maybe I send them to do a video of, of a certain you know, area of the street or a freeway. And so it takes two investigators, one to drive and one to videotape it. You know, um, Maybe they're out there doing some kind of um, distance where maybe a DUI happened and they did the field sobriety test. That's when the police officer tells you, you know, that your nose or walk a certain way. Maybe that road was hilly. And so we want to send them to go see what that looks like and take photographs and walk it and, and you know, make measurements, things like that. So even the interns don't know what kind of cases they're going to get, what kind of but yeah, they're basically doing the exact same thing we are, uh, the senior investigators who are working on serious cases and felonies, but they're doing it on the misdemeanor cases. And a lot of them get resolved or cases get dismissed because of the work that interns do. Wow, that is absolutely incredible that you guys have such a program. Wonderful. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Jack Alcantara, learning about his career journey to becoming the chief investigator at the Santa Cruz County Public Defender's Office. All right, man, I'm glad I wrote that one down. There's no way I was going to remember a, that a one. Long one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I see. Uh, I don't see any AOLs yet, so that's all right, folks. We're, we'll, we'll work into it, but uh, a couple questions here. What would you say is the uh, most satisfying 
moment that you've had on the job? I think the type that when we work on cases and we see the client uh, accused of this, of a crime and they've been completely innocent and he's been saying so since day one and we find evidence to show that he is innocent, that is the most satisfying thing when the cases are dismissed uh, because of the work that we did or we get, you know, even if they're not dismissed, maybe we get the best resolution for the client. Sometimes, you know, in, in Santa Cruz County, the district attorney, attorney or, uh, might start overcharging somebody or, or or they might think that client it might be guilty of all these things, but maybe the client is only guilty of maybe one of those seven things that got charged with. So to see the dismissal of those other charges taken away and maybe only client gets charged for what he really did do, that is also very satisfying to see the attorneys go in there and fight for clients and have the support that they have from the investigations team to have all the information that they need to get the best result for the client. That's the number one thing. How 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 often does it happen that uh, a, a some a defendant ends up with so many charges? So you're you're you know that was just your your kind of off the mm -hmm. top of the head example where sure. there's only one that they're guilty of out of seven. But right. how how often does that happen where someone faces such a situation? It happens quite often. It happens quite often in in the criminal cases that we get. Um, we see a lot of overcharging sometimes or. You know, maybe, you know, the, the way that the evidence came in, that's what they're looking at. Every type of thing that can be charged. But at the end of the day, maybe they're only good for one or two of those charges. So it's our job to knock them down and to show proof or show evidence of how maybe those kinds of charges are not really, you know, um, they're not they're not good charges or he's not good for those, you know, and maybe to assist in a reduction in the, in the amount that he could get for the ones that he did commit. So we're, we're there to make sure that sort of everybody is doing their job correctly, that the law enforcement did their job correctly. Did they get the right warrant? Did they do, you know, did they read the Miranda rights properly? Did they do the investigation correctly? Did the district attorney do their job correctly? Did they charge the right things that they needed to be done? Um, you know, and then make sure that we're doing everything we can to turn over every, every kind of stone we can to defend this client to the fullest capacity. As public defenders, you know, these individuals don't have the money to pay for a private attorney or pay for a private investigator. And so they get afforded a public defender. But we want to make sure that when we are appointed to them, that we give them the best representation, the best investigation that they can possibly have. Um, you know, and that's what we do. That's what my office does. Awesome. What a, a great, again, a, a lovely thing for you, that your office does. Um, yeah. Now, another question I have here. Was there anything yeah. unexpected or surprising that you learned once you really got into your career? Um, um, let's see. Well, um, I think that talking to, to people, sometimes you'd be surprised um, how sometimes you develop the sense of like seeing when sometimes people are telling you that you feel like some people are telling you the truth or maybe not the truth. You know, and I've done many interviews over the years, um, like I said, with children to as adults. And um, and so sometimes it's you I've honed to gotten my keen sense. I call my spidey senses to kind of get better at uh, telling, you know, seeing if people are telling you the truth or not. There's, you know, eye contact. There's, you know, people furtive with their actions or their hands or just different ways that you can tell. And I think I've gotten better at, at those kinds of skills um, over the years. And excuse me. Uh, 
is there anything uh, do you struggle with empathy fatigue or feeling drained because there's so many emotionally difficult situations in this kind of job yeah there's there's times and cases where i've worked on where um i've definitely experienced uh fatigue emotional fatigue because we do we do see and experience so much and we read these police reports and the times that we with these difficult cases especially i would say cases involving children being victims and women being victims um you know those can be difficult to deal with and so um we i tend to sort of have a decompression day and i before i get out of my car before i get into walk into my house just do some deep breaths and kind of like a little type of meditation to kind of release some of that and i try to leave that at work and come into my home and to meet my family um with kind of leaving that behind me because you can't kind of let that stay on with you so yeah there is a big emotional component i think we all handle that differently in investigations amongst our team i think sometimes we use what we call dark humor we might make fun or light of things very much similar to first responders that kind of a thing um we see something funny or something you know might be we might make a joke or light of it in investigations we don't do that in public or out and about but i think within our own team we tend to kind of let some little bit loose so that we can let that go yeah absolutely that's the content that you guys are around 24/7 that's the stuff you guys have to talk about all the time and right. it makes sense it sounds like a great way to to, to release and start, sort of get some of that stress out Absolutely. What would you say are uh, some of the biggest misconceptions that you get when you tell someone that you're a, a chief investigator as a, at a public defender's office? Uh, yeah, they, we get confused a lot for the district attorney uh, and, and they're called inspectors on the, on the district attorney's side. And um, you'd be surprised how many times people say, oh yeah, you work at the DA's office. And I'm like, no, public defenders. So people often confuse uh, public defender investigators for district attorneys. Sometimes we get confused for um, law enforcement with, you know, say, oh yeah, you're with the police department investigations or, you know, sheriffs. And I said, no, we're not law enforcement. We're not part of police. We're not part of the sheriffs. We're public defender investigators. And I think uh, many people just don't know what, what side, what, what is, who is who. Um, and so even educated adults sometimes. So uh, it's important to know kind of who your players are and which you know, side they are. The public defender is the one defending the person accused of the crime or the district attorney is the one bringing the charges uh, against that person um, via the state. Um, and so there's, there's, everybody's got their own inspectors their investigators, and we all kind of have, you know, even when you have multiple people maybe accused of a crime, each person will have a public defender, an alternate public defender will be appointed to that person. And then that person investigator will also have, so let's say three people decided to steal something from target, then each individual would have an attorney assigned to them from a different office, one from our office and then two other alternate offices. And then those individuals all, each one will have their own investigator assigned to the case. So now you're talking about three attorneys and three investigators for one case. So it's kind of interesting to see everybody and know the rules for everybody. Yeah, how, how <clears throat> can you go into that a little bit more? Whoops, sorry folks, we had some technical difficulties. So I had to reach out to Mr. Alcantara once more just to Get him to answer some of the questions that seem to have been cut off at the end of my original audio. So here we are now, and 
Again, please forgive us since we are still recording this through video call. The audio quality may not be quite up to uh, the, the par of what it would normally be. So bear with us, and I hope you enjoy the rest. So there, there's a, a lot going on behind the scenes. And I, again, one of the things that I had mentioned in our last talk is I hadn't realized how many people are are on this team helping, say, if again, if it's just one person who who right. needs a public defender, right? I'm, I'm fam- the only familiarity I have with that area is from watching Better Call Saul, right? And so I think, <laughs> I, you know, there's just some maybe jaded lawyer who comes up, but no, no, you have, there's this whole team of people. Mm-hmm. So how, how many people are, are involved in this process? Right now, I have a total of seven uh, full-time investigators, um, and we just uh, brought in two part-time investigators who actually were interns with us this last round right before uh, the COVID hit, and we hired them um, right before they're going to go to law school. So this is good experience for them, and they're part-time investigators, and uh, in a year, we'll probably head out to go to law school, but we're going to you know, use them right now and, and get their assistance. And then we also, like I said, we have we have six intern students right now with us, from some from UCSD and one from UC Davis, and so they're assisting us as well in doing all of the misdemeanor uh, cases that come in. That frees up our felony uh, senior investigators to work on all our felonies and homicide cases that we get. So there's there's a, there's a good team of us. We also have a lot of um, support staff in the office, so they're sort of like the paralegals and the uh, assistants and you know secretaries and uh, and then we have close to about thirty five attorneys in the office. Say say that one more. I mean, you kind of trailed off at the end. How many attorney? Thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five public defenders. Yes. So uh, I'm curious what what are some of the because uh, again since our our show is is focused toward trying to help students get an idea of what steps they might want to take if if they're listening to this and they they think oh you know this seems like a path I I'd like to investigate. Um, what what are some of your student interns studying? What what are their majors at school right now? Yeah, um, many of them are doing different different come from different fields. I think of uh, their majors. Uh, we have some students who are psychology majors, some who are sort of um, you know political science or pre law. Some are doing um, Spanish studies. Um, uh, there's different ones in areas that they that they come into this, um, but they want to see and experience to see if this is something that they want to do. Um, to work alongside an attorney and to see what it's like to go to court and they get that experience here with us to work on cases firsthand. And before they invest, you know, $100,000 in their legal career, they want to know if this is something that they want to do. And many of our students finish the internship and say, yeah, this is solidified it, I want to be, you know, an attorney and I want to go, I want to be a public defender and or I want to do this type of work in law. And they go to, you know, law school and others come out and they say, you know what, this wasn't for me. Um, I'm going to go get a master's in writing. And that's what they go do. We've had the students do that, you know. And so it's a great way to do this is to have this experience firsthand, see if this is what they want to do. My last question for you would be, what what advice would you have for young students, right, pre pre college, if they if they want to get into law in in some way, what, what advice would you have for them on top of being curious and and practicing their investigative skills to to try and go down a path like this? Um, I would say that they, um, if you can acquire a second language, especially uh, Spanish, do that. 
you know, and I think it starts in high school, I would say, you know, focus on those Spanish language skills, because an investigator who has the ability to speak both Spanish and English is highly, highly coveted. I mean, over any of the other interns that apply. So they're kind of at my top of my list. If I can give them Spanish speaking cases, which we have a lot of here in Santa Cruz County, they're gonna, they're gonna get the, they're, they're gonna be, they're gonna get that spot. Um, I would also say, I think, um, don't be afraid to reach out. I have one student right now who is a high school student. She's a, she's a minor, she's only 17. I'm not working, given her investigation cases right now, but she's assisting our office in scanning those files and kind of preparing some of the notes for the attorneys and whole punching paper. So it's not, you know, that we're using her and she's around an environment where she's connecting with the attorneys and she's talking and she's helping them organize their, their murder files and their files that they're needing to go to trial. And she's only 17, you know? So there's definitely room, reach out. She reached out to me and said, I want to help. And I said, well, I can't bring you on board as an investigator because you're not over 18 yet, but there's something you can do here in the office. And there is something that she can do, you know? And I supervise them and make sure that they're also getting experience and talking to them and just um, having that connection to uh, the law firm and to attorneys and myself and to kind of help guide her. And she asks questions about the law and she asks questions about this. And so having that ability to connect with people there is, is big. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for speaking, me to, for speaking with me again, Jack, and um, I, for being on the show the first time and now a second time. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Jack Alcantara. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Stream online at ksqd.org. Or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you, and see you next time.